0: From MediaCorp and one Up Media, this is Post Love. Essays on love, life, and everything in between. Maybe it's not marriage, Maybe it's love. I just hope that someday someone would love me. Well, that I've only loved one man. Love And I've got a lunch. I'm never going to feel no other kind of love. A... Finding The One How does it go again? There are plenty of fish in the sea. My name is Fiona and well, I can tell you that statement is straight up just not true. Not anymore, not in Singapore, and I'm willing to bet not anywhere else either. The sea of love is not vast, deep and beautiful. It's just a small sluggish man pool that hasn't been cleaned in ages. I'm only 22 and the general dating scene, at least since I started dating, has been pretty much a smelly swamp. I'll be finishing my honours degree at university soon. I lead an active lifestyle, enjoy the outdoors and in my honest opinion, I'm not bad to look at. Won't say I'm Chiobu, but seriously, I'm not bad at all. And anyway, I don't ask for much. I don't need a billionaire supermodel with an Ivy League degree but I have to set some standards. Okay, I'm looking for a nice guy in decent shape, with hobbies and interests he wants to share and talk about, while still being curious about me. He doesn't need to be rich, but he should have some kind of prospects. He can be a polygrad entrepreneur, or a fresh grad on his first job, or a heartlander with a side hustle, whatever, as long as he has ambition to be more and make more for the people he loves. It hasn't been easy. The pandemic made it hard for people to go out there in an organic way. Only a few people are able to just go out to a bar, hook up, and see how. But that's not the best way to meet the one, is it? They tell me, put yourself out there. I have gone on blind dates to see how, sometimes even two a week. Friends arrange setups, I've initiated FaceTime chats with acquaintances online to see if there's some kind of spark. And then there's the dating apps, never foolproof, just full of fools like me hoping to find someone who might not even exist. One guy was smart and had interests, martial arts, music production and games, but I was just not into him physically. A person can go on a blind date, but she can't pretend to be blind. There has to be an attraction. On the other hand, I've dated a few lookers in quick succession. Cute guys, but no sense of humour, no smarts, no chemistry, none of the above. One was a mama's boy who told me his last girlfriend had moved into his room in the family flat. Another was slick and stylish, but all he did was talk about himself never asking a single question about me. One was nice enough looking, but there was very little upstairs, if you know what I mean. When he opened his mouth, it took a huge effort not to roll my eyes right out of their sockets. One 30-something fellow who looked 40-something insisted he was only 29 and showed me his IC to prove it. Then he asked to see mine, so I showed it to him, only fair. He then insulted me and said I didn't look young. At the end of the evening, he said, Let's split the check, hockey." But three months ago, there was a sudden bend in the boulevard of bad dates. I found Paul. He was a little older, not yet 30, and he sure didn't look it. A financial trader for a bank, he lived alone, was sporty and had a side hustle as tennis partner to expats in the evenings and on weekends. Why not? An hour or two of play every day is fun. And people want to pay for it, he confessed. He had an amazing voice that made the hairs on the nape of my neck stand on end. When we met face to face, his dreamy dark eyes pierced into my very soul. And my heart swooned. Did I mention he was good looking? Not just online and video call, but face to face too. Finally, here was my reward for the dark, smelly dating swarm I'd waded through in the past year. Here was my prince charming after all the slimy, warty frogs. I fell head over heels in love. After only a few exchanges on the dating app, we switched to chat on IG, which he said he only just started. His IG handle was Ace. I laughed, but he said it was his nickname and it would help him grow his tennis client base. We texted every day for hours, mostly late into the night, after work. It soon progressed to long lunch dates or late afternoon coffees. And one time, even an early morning hike on Saturday. We could not get enough of each other. Call me Ace. I love the way you say my name. He said. And so I did. Work is so boring. You break up my day and make it worth it. I thought that was sweet. I wish we could be together all the time. I felt the same way. There was just something about the way he spoke to me. He made me feel like I was the only thing that mattered. He cared about me. I was interested in what I felt. Not just what I wanted, but what I needed. He sent me flowers, food, candy and stuffed toys. He always said the sweetest things. He said I was so beautiful, he couldn't get me off his mind. He dreamt about me. Ace promised he would teach me to play tennis. He described his fantasies of how someday we'd go to Thailand or Bali or the Maldives where we could spend entire days together having adventures. Go skydiving, ride elephants, swim with turtles and then make love all night. Ace said he wanted a future together. And I was mesmerized by his every word, his every text, His every touch. Before I knew it, more than a month had passed and we were becoming more and more deeply involved. I was on top of the world. I wanted my life with Ace to begin. I wanted him to meet my friends, my family and they wanted to meet him too. But he was very busy. Ask him to come to our dinner this Saturday so we can all meet him my friend May said. We were grabbing dinner at a new bistro in the Marina Bay area. Cannot. He coaches on the weekends. I said. But he can probably do drinks at 10. Okay. How about Tuesday dinner? Cannot. Weekdays, he's even busier and still does tennis. What do you mean he can't have dinner? Are you saying you haven't had dinner with him ever? I stopped, taking a few moments to consider what May said. I was in a daze of deep dismay by the time she excused herself to go to the restroom. I then promptly pulled up my phone and texted Ace. Let's have dinner tonight? His reply was quick. I can't. How oh, about Ten. Gives me time to shower after my hit. Can't wait to see you. No, that's fine. I have an early class tomorrow. How about dinner Tuesday? I texted. Sure, babe. Let me check my schedule when I get to the office. All of a sudden, I realised something. I only ever saw Ace in the middle of the day and at odd hours on weekends. I was too busy falling in love. I didn't think about anything else. I started feeling uneasy. The following Monday, Ace and I had lunch and he told me he couldn't do dinner on Tuesday. But maybe Friday, he said. Friday came and we had a long lunch instead. I started to complain. He started to make excuses and defend himself. And then he told me that he was gonna be out of town for two weeks. He had a conference in Hong Kong. Sorry, babe. Work has to come first right now. There are big things starting to happen, so I'm going to be very busy. So sorry. But I promise we'll see each other in a couple of weeks. I was suspicious. And May was too. Using his real name, we looked for him online and it only took 20 minutes. There he was, right there on Facebook, along with many other Paul Tan. But there was no mistaking this profile. Financial trader, works at a bank, avid tennis player, and married. My ace was married. Shame and anger welled up from deep within my soul. I was overcome by a devastation and hurt much greater than all the petty annoyances from my earlier romantic ventures. This time was different. This time, I was prey to one of the oldest tricks in the book. A cliché that I was simply unable to see. I took a deep breath and texted him. You're married. How could you lie to me? Not because I wanted to hear his excuses, but because I desperately needed to justify my stupidity. There was no reply. He was not going to give me an answer or an explanation. His silence was sufficient admission. It was over I never wanted to see him or hear from him again But when I thought of all the things he said to me And all the things we did together for the past month and a half All I could do was cry He played me Maybe it was my youth My yearning for true love My need for someone who cared about me After dating so many losers I ended up falling for the biggest loser of them all one coal line cheating fish. A few days later, I got a very long text from his number, which I had already renamed Ace Hole. Babe, I'm sorry. I was gonna tell you everything. But work has really been crazy. Yes, I'm still married, but it's been dead for a year. I've been so happy with you. You're beautiful and special, and what we have is special. I love you so much The divorce is already in progress Please, can we get together later tonight So I can tell you everything I felt my knees go weak And my heart slow to a stop I will not lie I felt myself wavering at that moment A part of me wanted to just give in and say yes Yes, I would meet him Slowly I texted I don't believe you Give me another chance, he said. I thought for a minute and then wrote back. I'll meet you right now if you give me your wife's number so I can call her and verify everything you said. (gasps) I waited for five minutes then ten then twenty there was no reply even after an hour. Of course, there wouldn't be one. At midnight, I texted one last time. Don't you ever contact me again. <laughs> Thank you for tuning in to this episode of Post Love. Brought to you by Mediacorp and produced by OneUp Media. If you would like to share some feedback or share your own stories, drop us an email. Our email is found in the description. This episode is produced by Yo Guangjin, audio engineering by Ethan Sam, voiced by Gloria, and script by Noel. Special thanks to executive producer Danny Cordy from MediaCorp. We hope to see you again soon in the next episode of Post Love.